0: All right. Well, welcome to episode 20 of the Totem Realty Advisors Podcast, Trade Secrets. We've got some guests today. We're super excited about it. So sitting directly to my right is uh, James Barrett. He's an attorney at Bernstein Berkeley. Um, So we're excited to have you here today, James. Thanks. And to his right is Eric Fire Robin. He's a partner at Invoke. And we'll let them uh, give you a little background on who and what their firms are all about. And then notably missing today is our best friend, Paige. She, uh, she decided that we were talking real estate taxes and she wanted to run. She said whenever taxes get brought up, she gets uh, uncomfortable and didn't want to participate. But no, she just uh, out today, but we're excited to have you guys here. Yeah, appreciate it.
1: I think taxes make me uncomfortable,
0: too. I think taxes make everybody uncomfortable. They're not um, designed to be user-friendly. We know they are that. not user-friendly. And we always have a current event and a topic. So today's topic, um, these two gentlemen will talk to us about the appeals process and real estate taxes. But uh, fascinating enough, today, um, or I should say this week, there's been multiple articles in the paper about how Allegheny County here in Western PA has opened up a special tax appeal window, which is hot news. Um, So we're kind of going to kill two birds with one stone today, talk about that news that's on the Trib and the Post-Gazette and all the local news channels, Um, but then what you guys do for your day job and how it impacts us um, and our clients on the real estate front. So um, without further ado, maybe you guys could give us a little background of who you
2: are, your firms, and what your specializations are sure so uh james barrent like you said i'm an attorney with bernstein berkeley uh, i've been there for what's, three years now it's gone quickly because uh, i think it started right before pandemic and then um you know got out of the office back in the office we were actually Isn't it crazy to think it's been three mm-hmm, years since the pandemic right yeah i guess yeah. that's a th- that's how i could keep track of how yeah. long i've been there um but I'm an attorney there. Um, The majority of my practice is with tax assessment appeals, which we'll be discussing today. And then I also just do some general litigation work and some work with our um, creditors rights department doing some collections work. So um, a a wide range of things, but the majority of my practice is focused around these tax assessment appeals and real estate taxes. Um, I handle those throughout, throughout Pennsylvania. And prior to here, I I also did tax assessment appeal work for school districts. Okay. So I've been on both both sides of the yeah.
0: And Paige ran away today, but you helped her with her tax appeal. Is this not accurate?
2: Yeah, that's correct. Whenever she moved into Allegheny County, or I guess bought a house, I don't know if she was here before. Yeah, she was here renting. She mm -hmm. was here renting. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I helped her out after um, she had got appealed by a school district. (laughs) That's
0: cool. Well, welcome. Um, and how about you, Eric? What's your...
3: Sure. Uh, Eric Fire up, and I'm a partner with Invoke Tax Partners. Uh, we're a national consulting firm focused on the salt side of the business, so state and local tax. Uh, we've got our real estate group that focuses on... Did you just on say on the, salt yeah, side state
1: of the business? I didn't know what that meant. That is state new.
0: local tax. I know. Did was you? <laughs> yes. Oh, come on. Yeah. No, if I would have said was salt, a... you would have said state and local tax?
1: Yeah, because that was a huge thing. Nonsense. Because in the... Uh, was it the Trump... Uh, oh, the boy. tax laws that they were saying that th- because you can deduct your state and local taxes on your federal return, states with huge tax bills, such as in New York or New Jersey or something of that nature, they get a better tax deduction than let's just say if you lived in a very low taxing state. And so that was a big thing. So I, I believe the law oh. capped what you could deduct at ten grand. I don't know whether that's
2: accurate or not. It might be. I'm, I'm looking to, yeah. The, yeah, to the attorney. <laughs> I wasn't too
1: involved. Guy for the law. And anyway. <laughs>
2: I do remember people were prepaying sure. at the end of the year to try to hit it and then hit it the next year because yeah. it was changing. I remember yeah. that happening,
0: but I was not too involved mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Well, I interrupted. Sorry, salt. Oh, good. Salt. Nobody is
3: salty about that. We're out there saving <laughs> our clients money. Uh but our core company function is uh, the, the uh, property tax, real estate, and personal property. Okay. Uh, there's what, 34, 35 states uh, around the country that still tax personal property. Uh, so we have some folks that do that around the country, particularly down in the Southeast, Texas, and the West Coast. Uh, and then uh, sales and use consulting, as well as severance uh, oil and gas. Okay. So our headquarters is in Dallas, and we have 15 offices nationally. I. Uh, you know, originally, as you know, from Cleveland. Yeah. And then, uh, gosh, 2009, got my got married, got my master's, took a new job. I was at, at National City. I was a banker for 11 years up that way. Uh, started in property tax with a different firm. 2010, moved to Pittsburgh, opened our practice, uh, and built that up for six and a half years. And then I've been down in Atlanta uh, since 2016. That's great. So, running right the southeast region there with some of our larger national clients. And it's, uh, well, we're here talking assessments in Allegheny County. So, yeah. I've been here since Monday, uh, head back <laughs> Friday, and that's not enough time. So, I'll be back.
0: And I know that your business focuses mainly on the commercial side of the world. Correct. But the rules are the same whether it's a house or an office building or industrial building correct Mm -hmm. that's right Yep. so um like i said the headlines for the last couple weeks and really the last couple months have been about allegheny county's appeal process in the school districts filing a bunch of appeals to try to raise property values and therefore raise taxes um so maybe james you could talk a little bit about i think it's judge hertzwig hertzberg hertzberg that's it who effectively ruled in favor of the people rather than the uh taxing authority um to say wait a second here i mean i think his words were actually like well i won't even use his words but um effectively saying that the process was not fair and therefore you know the current news is that they've opened up the appeal process for 2022 through the end of march which is unusual correct
2: correct so they're Usually, that would be the deadline for 2023 appeals. This year, it's the deadline for both 2022 and 2023 appeals based on what's going on in the court case. So, talk to... So, that's basically,
0: you get to look backwards. Correct, correct.
2: So, you go retroactive to tax year 2022 Mm -hmm. as well. But it usually
0: is only looking forward.
2: Yeah, you file in the year of the appeal usually. So, you could file a 2023 appeal up until March of 2023, which is actually unique to Allegheny County. And the rest of the state, mm-hmm. you have to file by August 1st or September 1st for your next year appeal. So it's really forward looking where Allegheny County is a bit unique, but now we're actually going, you know, completely retroactive back to 2022.
0: And what's the like theory behind his ruling? And like, you know, we'll obviously talk about the whole process in a bit, but what's the, I mean, are you on the judge's side, the people's side, or are you more in favor of what The county and or the school districts were doing I realize that puts you in a
2: well no I I don't think so I mean I think it's it's basically just a a numbers issue so there's a thing called the common level ratio which is what you apply to market value to get to your taxable assessment in these assessment appeals okay so that is a percentage that percentage is published once a year on July 1st Mm -hmm. and it changes it changes every year so the common level ratio is published every year and that's what goes into tax assessment appeals for that year. So, the original common level ratio for tax year 2022 was 81.1. So, if you've got a
0: hundred thousand dollar piece of property, you're going to get taxed at eighty. <laughs> Eric's got his calculator. I try to keep numbers round. I handle right, on that one. You're going to get taxed on a value of eighty-one thousand.
2: Yeah, around eighty-one thousand one hundred would have been the appropriate assessment for a hundred thousand market value.
0: Correct.
2: Okay. Yep. And. Ultimately, the way that common level ratio number and then just
0: let's pause there for a sure. second for the audience who probably doesn't deal with this every day. Mm-hmm. So then that eighty-one thousand, you pay depending on what city and school district and county you live in. You pay a in mills effectively mm-hmm. on the eighty-one thousand.
2: Correct. There's a and millage rate, and then you have county, local, and school district based on where you're at. Some have a city or a township, and that varies really widely from like. Fifteen mils
0: up to like forty mils in Allegheny 45.
2: County. Okay. Yeah, there's you know. some higher ones. Yeah. Um, I know that you know there was one that was up to near five percent, which is about, you know, fifty mils. Um, and then there was ones as low as probably like two percent, and the city's around two point three or two point four percent.
3: And it's a function of the base year. Okay. Pennsylvania reassesses rather infrequently. Uh, the last time Allegheny reassessed was we rolled out in twenty twelve, but it was a twenty ten base year. So this eighty-one point one percent ratio—that was the initial common level ratio that was post- posted by the Steb last year—is um, is a correlation of sales relative to the base year assessment. Okay. So if you take another state as an example, like Ohio, they reassess every three years. At a Automatically. Correct. Right. Mandatory every sixth, but triennial updates uh, by by county and it's mandatory so you're getting more current market values the way that the state of pennsylvania accounts for current market value is to apply that common level ratio to your your assessed value which is your 2010 so instead
0: year. of reassessing they simply change the common level ratio correct and in 2022
2: it was 81.1 81. One. okay and that so, was supposed to equate you back to a 2012 value you're okay.
1: right so the state issues, the common level ratio, and that's across the entire state, or does that change
2: county-wide? Per county. They issue a number for every county, though. Right. They issue
1: a number for every county. So counties with a higher property value versus, let's say, a more rural area.
2: It kind of relates more back to when their last reassessment Mm -hmm. was, right? So the further you get away from that reassessment, I mean, I don't know the oldest one now, but there's ones back in the 50s or 60s, I believe, which is their base year. So you have a current market value times a, you know, 8% ratio. that's mm-hmm. supposed to take you back to your value as of 1960. Right. And that's Butler um, County. They last yeah. reassessed I mean, I know nineteen sixty. Butler's a, an old one, yeah. Um, Washington recently mm-hmm. reassessed. Beaver County's going through it right now, so they'll be putting out their reassessment numbers shortly. So um, it's happening, you know, a lot around here where I think the, a lot of the counties are trying to catch up, but Allegheny County's last reassessment was 2012. Yeah.
0: And then the local school district's pushed this envelope last year. Like, what brought yes. this to the front page of the paper? Because all of this has been happening forever. Actually, so was
2: not the, yeah. The, so the yet. case actually was brought by property owners, and what the case is is um, they're saying is say, it residential property owners. Residential property owners brought this one, um, but I think there may be a group of them now. But ultimately, the the main case that everyone's you know discussing is brought by residential property owners, but. They're claiming that the county has not properly reported sales to the state, which is the STEB, the State Tax Equalization Board that Eric referenced. Okay. And they use those sales to calculate the common level ratio. So ultimately, you know, the county reports all of their sales to the state. The state reviews those and puts out what the common level ratio is. Um, It's usually two years behind. So the 2022. Common level ratio would be based on you know sales that were two years prior. So they'll report all sales from – Allegheny County is a little weird. So I think it's actually the 2019 sales because the ratio is then put out in 2020. Mm-hmm. And you, it, I'm sorry. So the 2019 sales, the ratio is put out in 21 and used for 22 okay. because of the way it works. A lot of the other counties, ratio is published July 1st. You filed the appeal right after, but because Allegheny County is moving forward. But so the sales are used. The state calculates the ratio, publishes it. And then it's used for the tax appeals for that year. So what was challenged was the state's, I'm sorry, the county's reporting of sales. Um, and it was alleged that the county was not reporting all transactions and they were intentionally maybe miscoding or, you know, leaving out certain sales that would really move the needle uh, for, the the needle for that ratio. Mm-hmm. So. You know, usually taxing bodies or the county's goal is to keep that ratio as high as possible. And just because it's the further you get away from that, usually you're going to get forced into some type of uniformity issue that's going to result in a countywide reassessment. Okay, Um, which no county wants to do.
1: Is the county allowed to limit what they report, or do they have to report everything?
2: So they are allowed to make, I believe, calls on certain sales being not arms length. I know there are some issues um, with county assessors when it comes to multi parcel sales. A lot of the times those are reported differently. But ultimately, I think all arms length sales are supposed to be, you know, reported to the state. And so a lot of times, it depends on how they're coded when it comes through the county office, as far as what goes to the state.
1: So the claim is that they didn't, they
2: didn't didn't report all the proper
0: sales,
2: correct, that they're they're playing with the numbers. The judge
0: said, quote, cooking the books.
2: Yes. And ultimately, there's an expert on the property owner's side, which is saying, you know, based on all the sales, the proper common level ratio was this, you know, 63 point, I believe it's 5.3% for tax year 2022, which it's funny because the, the common level ratio for tax year 2023 has already been published and it's 63.6%, which goes right in line with mm-hmm. with what they're claiming it should be for 22 so, and that that's that's what led to the lawsuit and what has led
3: to the reopening of the appeals. Yeah, it's an expensive endeavor to do a reappraisal. And politically, particularly here in Allegheny County, I think it's always marked with the change of a county executive to a certain extent going back many years, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, FitzGerald hasn't he's been around. Like he hasn't yeah, gone anywhere, no, right?
3: But don't forget he also was held in cont- contempt by not certifying the rollback in 2012.
0: Okay. Okay. He he fought it. So this has been going I mean, yes. behind the scenes there's a lot going on and has yeah. been for a long time. Yeah.
2: There's typically always a few court cases that are pending that are challenging the process and or uniformity. Um, usually they don't make this many headlines because they don't lead to you know, such a, um, uh, an important result, I guess. you know not, They usually don't lead to a result that's going to impact every taxpayer in Allegheny County, which right. this one has.
0: And I mean, what's wild to me just on the surface is you're talking about a rollback from eighty-one to sixty-three, mm-hmm. correct. Which is
3: twenty-eight percent increase in county market yeah, value. Yeah,
0: I <laughs> that's, that's the that should be the headline. It's not that there's a big window to appeal. It's that right. we're talking about almost a thirty percent difference in numbers across an entire county of properties.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's mean, it's a large difference.
0: How's that not the headline?
2: I don't understand. I think one reason might, well, it's not completely final yet. So that is the one thing that, you know, that's where it's at right now. The court case is pending it's, it's and under appeal. Headline,
1: have anything to do with what's final. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I
2: guess you're correct with um,
0: yeah. it. Yeah, this is like the most vanilla portrayal of the reality of the Absolutely. situation.
1: This is a tax grab. Yeah. This is without a doubt. They're cooking the
3: books. Hanging, hanging on to that revenue, really not shaking up the apple cart to a large degree as well because now you have less appeal work. Uh, but there's a lot of sales out there that support higher assessments that some are being appealed, some are not by the taxing bodies as well. Uh, but you know, I think because I'm doing this business nationally as well, I've got a little bit of perspective with some of these other states, other jurisdictions that are either hyper aggressive and they fight for their values or they simply say you know what we we're not going to push the envelope it's a smaller county we don't have the resources to fight it so that's a budgetary concern on just assessment appeals right uh, that they don't want to rock the boat because ultimately a lot of those folks are elected officials at the same time so if they are able to campaign on consistent property values that's underassessed, you know the general rule of thumb you know whether it's here or atlanta where we are and so on is when you get reassessed you know a lot of the neighbors say should i appeal my house well, would you sell your house for that number well, no. Then don't appeal it. Right. So it keeps things a little bit
0: consistent there. And actually, in this article, it said that if you're if you went and looked at your property assessed value, and it's fifty percent of what you think the market value is, that you should appeal. I found that staggering. Yeah, I
2: read that in the article as well, and I disagree with it. Yeah. Um, ultimately, if you're assessed at fifty percent of your current market value, seems like a win. You should sit tight. Yeah. Yep. There's, um, you know, I've handled a lot of phone calls and emails in the last week or so with, there was a news story that ran, there's the newspaper article. Ultimately, you know, everyone's looking at their Zestimate right now to Mm -hmm. see what that is. But what you're worried about is your current market value. So, I mean, what, what's a property worth January 1, 2022? What's the property worth January 1, 2023? And if that's, if it's worth, if the assessment's greater than 63% of that number, then you should be looking at an appeal. Um, but even right around sixty-three, you know, it's probably not worth it. Um, once you get north of seventy, then you certainly want to, you know, I think look at an appeal. Now, again, current market value, there's, it's not an exact number, right? Um, yeah. So there's, you know, there's there's things to look at there. But yeah. but that, that's, that's really what it is. The fifty percent number, I, I don't, I yeah, wouldn't agree with
3: that, that. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. It's uh, and it's it's certainly messaged differently for residential versus commercial at the same time. Right. You know, there's a threshold. You have a voter that's typically going to get maybe a little bit you know, a less uh, challenging path to get a reduction, as opposed to the commercial, you know, it's a little bit more involved. uh, A lot more work goes into the appeal package itself and bringing the appraiser where it makes sense. So there's a cost benefit that's tied to that conversation too.
0: Sure. Yeah. So kind of rounding out the current event, and then we'll dig into just the whole uh, impact on our actual business and our clients and your guys' day to day. Was this like news or not news? Like... Should this be on the headline of every outlet in town? Or is this just kind of
3: good question happening I I, every day I and think people it,
0: really usually aren't paying attention to it? And I'm not it, picking on Belco, but Belco needed something to write about. Or is it like really news?
1: I think that the county trying to overvalue your properties by 28 percent. Yeah, I think that's news. I think that's something that's worthy of being reported. And I think that's something that certainly the voting public would want to know. Right. You know, I, I, everyone has to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. They just hope and pray that it's going to be fair. This is clearly unfair.
3: It's uh, actually it's a little bit on the opposite side of that. So the ratio being when it it's dropped, right? It's eighty one point one down to sixty three. Right. We can sort out the specifics, but that's that twenty eight percent increase. So if we look at it a different way, let's say your assessment on your house is one hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Last year. When we went through this for 22 under the 81.1, you're gonna divide that 81.1, and now that relates to a county imputed fair market value of 123,305. Okay. Okay. So this is the value in which we are gonna review for an appeal position 123,000. That's at the 81%. When the ratio, which is still pending finalization, now is 63.6, I'm gonna say 6. Mm -hmm. That $100,000 assessment, again, your taxes are still the same on the assessed value. Mm -hmm. The imputed market value is now $157,000. So they were underreporting, actually favoring some of these taxpayers under the old model, but now you have an opportunity to reduce the assessment because Mm -hmm. that ratio drop increases the market value.
1: Well, Then why would it be the taxpayers that were bringing the charge?
2: So they so the taxpayers were under appeal for a purchase price. Mm-hmm. So the way you res, you res, you get to the assessed value on a current market appeal. So you're in the process of being appealed. The school district comes in and says, you know, they paid a million dollars, property's worth a million dollars. Under the old under the old ratio, you know, they win, assessed value goes to 811,000. Right. Under the new proposed ratio, they win the assessed value goes to 636,000, right? So their assessed mm-hmm. value is gonna be way down. Now, when you look at it as assessment high- to assessment, then the implied market value mm-hmm. is actually going up when the assessment's coming down, but that number really doesn't matter.
1: Well, I think from a just a strict taxpayer basis, they'll be looking at in, 19, in, in 2022, mm-hmm. okay, you assessed me at $81,000, so I paid more in taxes. You have my money when all you should have gotten was the tax bill that I should have had on
0: 63%.
2: Correct. So yes.
1: I don't think that was inverted. I think
0: but it is.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, what yeah, you're saying is correct. Be, yeah, they are being be overtaxed based on of the how old you ratio. You came up
1: with the calculation and the, and the valuation.
2: Yes. No, I think you're But the correct.
1: point is, it's being challenged because you got my money and I want it back.
2: Ultimately, the taxes would be lower under the new ratio, correct? That's... At, at, through okay. the appeal that process. Is. Right. Yes, yeah. yes.
3: And it's also... And not to totally contradict the way that you frame that, because you're right. It's also the point of view. Are you... Being appealed by the taxing body, being the school district, seeking to raise your assessment. And that's where it benefits the purchase price times the lower ratio. When we're looking at it from the perspective of our our owners, not on a school district increase complaint, we're looking at that saying, well, my goodness, that is now $157,000. And it shouldn't be. It should not be. So then we take the step and arrive at the correct market value. And let's just say hypothetically the correct market value is not 157 but 110,000. Now we take that 110, we get to the board of viewers, which is where you can enter into the 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 settlement at at the BOV, and then apply the common level ratio. It's just the process. You're now taking that 110,000 in market value times sixty-three
0: percent, and
3: you get a lower assessment there as well.
2: I think the tough thing here, just in the whole you know grand scheme of what's going on, is these school districts have the largest tax bill. They're the ones that participate in this process. They have nothing to do with the common level ratio. So, I mean, they filed mm-hmm. these appeals. They're the ones usually having their attorneys handle these appeals. And ultimately, they're in a really tough spot now because they're going to be the ones losing the most tax revenue based on all these mm-hmm. pending appeals. And they've actually filed appeals and had you know hearings heard where at the time when they filed, it was going to be an increase case. It's mm-hmm. pending now. There's nothing you can do to withdraw it after the hearing's heard. And now, um, you know, could end up being a reduction. So, you know, they may have they may have filed appeals that looked like it was gonna increase tax revenue and ultimately it's gonna reduce tax revenue for it reduces it for all the taxing bodies, but the schools have the biggest piece of the pie, yeah. so they're the ones that, you know, are gonna get the brunt of it.
0: So it's news. It's good news.
2: Yeah, it's, news. it's, it's yeah. definitely news. Especially if, if anyone that's purchased a property in Allegheny County within the last probably seven, eight years has gone through the process. So It's something that a lot of people, I think, are going to click on, you know, when it comes to Mm -hmm. being familiar with the tax appeal process after they go through it.
0: Yeah, my gut tells me if we had the tracking statistics of the link clicks on these headlines, it would be through the roof relative to the normal daily paper.
2: I could, yeah, I think just by the emails and phone calls that, you know, our office gets based on the articles, certainly. Absolutely. Heck, heck it's getting to me in
3: Atlanta.
0: So (laughs) I see it down there, too. So we... um, (laughs) I mean, we're kind of benefiting and cursed by the fact that this all happened in the last week in terms of the news, but we had uh, invited you to come on today, not in particular to talk about the appeal process or period that's open with the county, but just about the impact of real estate taxes on the commercial property sector and our clients. I mean, it. Uh, we used the example of a $100,000 house, but these are multiple million dollar properties, significant impacts. Um, we've talked to our listeners about gross leases versus net leases. I mean, there's a trickle-down effect about this and how it impacts our client um, or clients, I should say, because mm-hmm. you guys have them as well. So talk to us about like your day uh, job and what you're really doing that's not necessarily on the headlines, but why the commercial property owners out there are reaching out to the invokes mm-hmm. and the Bernsteins to say, we need help because... Um taxes are a major component of the operating expenses of a building. Mm-hmm. usually I mean, I would argue somewhere in the fifty to seventy five percent of the operating costs of a commercial real estate mm-hmm. uh, parcel. so talk to us about your normal day to day
3: yeah, um you know, from a consulting perspective uh you know we'll we'll play we play in the sandbox that we have in front of us, so in this case, this court case can settle itself out. Uh, but working on a national level, we work with uh, local property owners and then uh, institutional REITs, Fortune 100s and so on as well, nationally. So we, we've got a client here that's got about 2,000 properties around the country. So we're out there making sure every single property that they have is fairly assessed. Now they're, they own, they lease, uh, so we're evaluating market value for, the, for those properties. Uh, Allegheny County is right now, we're in, we're in the weeds, we're in the weeds in Ohio. Uh, it's a March 31st deadline there as well. Um, you know, States like North Carolina that are doing reappraisals, we're busy with those as well. So working through that, um, we sort of look at it as the life cycle of the asset. Mm-hmm. So we have numerous clients that are developers and investors that are looking at multifamily uh, on due diligence. So we do a lot of that front end due diligence around what are the projections look like, whether it's an acquisition, what happens on a sale in a certain county. Um and then new construction.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll even use the multifamily example. So you're an apartment investor and someone's selling the apartment building for $10 million. And their revenue and uh, expenses today in 2022 are X. Mm-hmm. Um, but they pay $10 million for the property that is assessed today for five. All of a sudden the net operating income is a substantially different number mm-hmm. once that sale transfers. At least in Allegheny County, Butler doesn't pay attention. Right. But in Allegheny County, it's a huge red flag that all of a sudden, hey, mm-hmm. Mr. Property Owner, your real estate taxes just doubled. It, right effectively. Now we'll go a step further,
3: ten million dollar purchase price. What's your worst case exposure? Now the jurisdictions will seek the purchase price. Right. At a minimum, we're going to be able to apply the common level ratio to that purchase price. So, in the case of a ten, and that million, doesn't happen automatically. No,
1: so that's specific to Pennsylvania.
3: Uh, to Pennsylvania, yep.
1: Correct, and it would be different depending on you. You work all. Yep, the
3: country, in in a state like North Carolina, that's a non reappraisal year. Um, mm-hmm. So, let's take Charlotte as an example. They lasted a countywide reappraisal in 2019. Okay. They shortened their cycle, and now they're doing a countywide reappraisal in 2023. So, we should have new values come April, May. If you were a buyer of an apartment project in Charlotte in 2020, that sale price may not affect anything unless there's new construction. And that's a totally different conversation to your assessment. So okay. if the property is assessed in 2019 at $6 million, you buy it for $26 million. Doesn't matter. You're going to roll to $6 million until 2023 and that new countywide reappraisal.
0: And the countywide reappraisal, you're a little insulated from... You're a little further
3: removed from your purchase, purchase price. price. You're probably looking more broadly to the market on uh, sales comps okay. as well as actual income and in pro forma. And okay. In yes. dispute,
1: that's the argument you're making. Yes, that's the sale yes. price is whatever it was then, because the world is different today.
3: That's correct. Yep. Yeah. So we, you know, we like to be able to, well, when property values are going like this, we want to distance ourselves. You know, what other legal transactions or remedies are available? Do you do a drop down so that the, the purchase price isn't necessarily disclosed on the deed? Um, you know, to, to limit the exposure there. That's one piece. Uh, other States. uh, Yeah. How
0: do you make that happen? I mean, we, we do a lot of deed research and a Mm -hmm. lot of, um, property transfer research. And I always love the ones that say it transferred for a dollar. How
2: do they pull that off? Ultimately, I mean, you could put, you know, the the value that you want on the deed, but then in in Allegheny County, I know, or in PA, you have to do a statement of value, Mm -hmm. right? Ultimately, um, you know, Depending on the sale, I don't do a, a ton of transactional work, so you know, and be cautious here. But um, ultimately, you know, my understanding that with the statement of value, that they're, they're going to be able to pick up a purchase price there, and you're going to have to pay transfer tax on, you know, what you're paying. Um, I think a lot of the sales for a dollar are, you know, sometimes they're corrective deeds or you know the same entity that might be purchasing Interrelated from the charity. Right, um, right, right. So I think a lot of times you're running into that. But I do know, you know, there used to be kind of a workaround with transfer taxes, where you know they kind of closed that loophole as well. Yeah, so I that they closed that loophole. Yeah, the 8911 yeah. rule. So they they've kind of worked on closing that loophole, and I I think appeals is similar. I think you know if the um, schools you know are going to find a, a transfer one way or another, they're going to find it through statement of values or you know other documents you're going to have to have to record. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of um, entities in in Pennsylvania try to do the just the entity transfer um, mm-hmm. rather than. You know, transferring the property, they'll transfer mm-hmm. the whole entity, which I think you know has a chance to protect you. But there's there's certainly no guarantee if, if um, anyone finds out about it. I mean, they could still look into and, and ultimately find out. I think what was transferred, and you're this is, versus, and
0: you yeah. off a ton of liability yeah. that you might not want. <laughs> right now you're not the buying entity. the entity's liability from that, right. whatever, not just real be. estate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so, so it's my, my
1: own party. personal pet peeve, but when people use the word tax loophole, the correct nomenclature, <laughs> is tax code. And somebody wrote it into it. They didn't write it. Let me let me offer this as a loophole to be considered by the. You're just
0: trying to bring Paige into the conversation I'm to bring without
1: Paige her <laughs> here. Just to, it no. true deference to her. But somebody wrote that into the code. That's correct. It's something. It's part of a law that says mm-hmm. I can use. You this. can do it now. There's also the question of you know are you is that going to be disputed and you're going to have someone come back at you and say you can't it. do that. Yes, I understand that completely, but. Um,
2: yeah, you're just right. A, just yeah. a clarification. I would agree with that. Code is, yeah, that's better Code than a loophole. Code is,
1: uh, yeah, but um, and now you can still try to segregate personal property from real property. You can. And Correct. And that will yep. save you on the on the overall transfer tax. Correct. But that should trickle. And it ultimately down also would trickle into down the, uh, the tax to the to the real
2: estate and the personal property bias. value, right? And a lot of you know. You know, sophisticated, you know, property owners that have done this a lot will make sure that they do, I mean, even in residential transactions now, you'll Mm -hmm. see chattel agreements all the time when it gets into higher value properties. Mm -hmm. Because if you can break that out up front and then, you know, make sure not everything is in the deed, it certainly, you know, helps your case when it comes to it. But the whole
1: idea is that that has to be a very justifiable expense because one way or the other, that's going to trigger Mm -hmm. the school board or someone saying, hey... Try to screw
3: our taxes <laughs> or a state audit looking at the transfer Absolutely. tax. Absolutely. Absolutely, and so we've yeah. done a lot of that over the years. I think a hotel is a very good example. You have real estate value, you have personal property value, and then you have intangible value as well. So, what's Absolutely. the value of the flag of your Marriott or your Hilton hotel as well? So, we've done work in the past uh, with respect to those types of clients, carving out essentially the business intangible value mm-hmm. as well. Sure. So, yeah, you, if you're doing a, a hotel here. You absolutely want to minimize your real estate value because, one, personal property is not taxable in Allegheny County and the city of Pittsburgh has an exceptionally high transfer tax rate too. So you want to minimize to get to the right number of the real estate transaction and do two separate transactions where it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And you were talking about how you think this is an annual thing. This isn't just like, I bought something, I need to call Eric and James. This Mm -hmm. is. Something that Invoke looks at for their clients on every a, year on an annual basis. Yeah. In fact, I was just at a client's office yesterday
3: and said, "We, you know, tell me what you want. This is the way we're, we'll structure our deal. I want to look at these properties every year. I'm going to ask you, any rent rule, any deferred maintenance. We're going to do our review, give you a target value, cost benefit. Let's go. And that's sure. that's the approach that we want to take every single year with those clients. Is
1: that to actually appeal, it or just to value it to make sure that they're everything's kosher?
3: As a, we're going to look to to identify. You know, we're in in the business of property tax consulting. You might just say we're paid pessimists. Mm-hmm. So we want to say that this building right here is in disarray. We're going to find the lowest value, target value that we can come up with. So we're we're reviewing, coming up with a recommendation against that county value.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the most of the property that I own is in West Virginia. Okay. West Virginia um, in, has to report to you that they're increasing uh, your assessment if it goes mm-hmm. over ten percent. Mm-hmm. So. Consequently, your value is up by 9% every single year. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer you appeal everything because every dollar you don't give the government is 100% mm-hmm. return on your investment. And it make no mistake, they will continue to increase your uh, your assessments. Never mind what's going on with the market. It's mm-hmm. just something you'll constantly have to look at because it gets out of hand. Right, And I say same, exactly the same thing You're about right. insurance.
3: Yeah, a value unchecked. You know, if you don't appeal your properties in Texas, the land of property tax appeals, every single year those values are going up no matter what. Every monster increases every single year. It's no surprise that almost
0: every single national or regional property tax firm has a presence in Texas. And does Invoke have a lot of competition? I mean there are there lots of firms who do what Invoke does. um, yeah, it depends on how you want to frame
3: that conversation. There's a few national firms. We're one of them, but okay. we're we're one of the actually the only national independent one now. So we're we we position ourselves a bit more of it as when you boutique. say independent, what does that mean? Um, you've got a couple other firms, private equity backed, and so on, and uh, you know they're they're larger, and it's just a conscious decision that we've made to okay. be a little bit more client focused. Okay, uh, we've all worked or the guys that I, I work with today, uh, we've come from one of those firms and. You know, it's it's you, we're going to be client focused. That's our our position that we want to take. So, uh, you know, it's it's not going out appealing a property, trying to go get yourself a reduction just to get a reduction. Let's get to the right number. You know, I think like you guys as well. Now, I've got a few properties under my belt. It's my money. Right. I want to make sure we're doing the right thing, and that's the approach that we take for our clients here too.
1: And the more money, the more property you have, the more money you're paying. That's right. Yes. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's a consistent thing, and it varies every jurisdiction that
3: you're in. And the other side of it is depending on who your client is, uh, they may have different priorities. So in the case of, you know, let's just use a REIT or an investment firm, you know, that's terms of NOI, put a cap rate on that thing. Now we've increased our value, right? So that's one component. We work with a handful of publicly traded companies, and if we do our job right, maybe we move the needle, you know, half a cent on the earnings call, and we've done our job that way to a certain extent. Um, so it's just the uh, the perspective of who we're doing the work for as well. Corporate users versus investment owners.
0: And out of a hundred cases um, that you guys get hired to work on, how many of them is there a reduction in the tax bill? I would say overall
3: with a firm like ours, um, we're north of ninety percent. We really are it's because
0: we're doing the reviews first. Is it, so wh- walk us through that. You're doing yep. the review first. I mm-hmm. mean, you're giving them an opinion of what the outcome will be before you actually file. Yes. Okay.
3: Yes, that is that is our general approach. Can I can I say Noblestown for a minute? Sure. Noblestown Road. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Two years of appeal, school district went after that. This year, we're going to look at that one again. We're going to come up with our target value. We're going to apply that ratio and compare that to the current assessed value. And if there's enough, and generally... You know, if there's, in my view, a ten to $15,000 in gross tax savings is enough to start the car. Okay. And mm-hmm.
0: why does it need to be ten or $15,000? There are cost additional
3: costs, cost, cost sure. benefit. Um, if you don't have a sale, not, I would say 90% of the time, maybe more higher than that, you need to get an appraisal.
0: Okay. So, so there's a
3: cost associated with that. Uh, the way that we structure a lot of our client relationships in Allegheny County is James and I work together. So we will incorporate the legal fees because you must, I, I can't go to the hearing because I'm not an attorney.
0: I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. So you guys are both sitting here. One's a consulting company, one's a law firm. Why do
2: I need both of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in Pennsylvania, um, you know, you cannot attend or you know, handle a legal proceeding unless you're an attorney. Um, could
0: I handle it? Like so, Noblestown could, Road, I own. Can I do the it myself? Owner. You could handle you it could. as the owner. Yes. You okay.
2: have, you know, you have standing. Um, but won't do that. Anybody who represents
1: <laughs> themselves has a pool for a client. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, some of the some of the boards of assessment, some of the boards of assessment have allowed, you know, different consultants and real estate agents to practice in front of them. None of the courts of common pleas will, though. So. Occasionally, you will find a situation where a board of assessment may may allow it. Um, Not many anymore. It seems that, you know, it gets challenged, I think, a lot. But ultimately, when you get to the court of common pleas, you you need an attorney or, yeah, you could represent yourself. But ultimately, you can't represent anyone else unless you're an attorney.
0: And is the attorney side, maybe I'm too far behind the curtain. If I am, you can kick me under the table. But um, is the attorney side of the appeal a fixed cost?
2: We or handle, a- um, you know, it all kind of depends on size. I okay. think. I think so. We handle. I mean, we have flat fee contingent and hourly cases. Okay. And we have, you know, I'll have one client with four properties and four different fee structures. Okay. Ultimately, a lot of it depends on projections, tax savings, and a mm. cost benefit. I mean. We try to make it make sense for the property owner and our firm, you know, to both benefit from the process, right? So, mm-hmm. if it's not going to make sense for both of us, then usually it, it doesn't yeah. happen.
1: I, I got a question going back to that: Can you represent yourself if Kevin Riley owns the property as K seventy three Nobles Town Road LLC? Sounds familiar. Can he still represent himself, or the fact that he's an LLC, he requires an attorney?
2: So it's funny because we handle, we handle this issue all the time with collections work against against corporations in PA. So in PA, if you do have a, an entity um, in common pleas court, you're, you are required to have an attorney represent you. You're able to handle the magistrate level for collections work, uh, or small claims court. You are able to do it. And then for the board of assessment work, you can certainly do it um, because that's not court of common pleas level. Um, I have seen... You know somebody do it occasionally in, in Allegheny County here and you know I guess as long as there's no objection um, it's not going to happen but but yeah you're, you are correct you, so you're, you're saying you I can't run. represent myself
1: you you can't depending on what the level of the court is in magistrate I'm allowed to represent myself correct when I, what is it circuit court is the next step
2: of so in a, well no in Allegheny County um, it would be court of common pleas is like this lower mm-hmm. state which court. is
1: the equivalent of a circuit court. correct in yeah. West Virginia okay in West Virginia it's a circuit court and I couldn't act on my own behalf if the uh, property is held in uh, an llc yeah
2: or or any type of corporation correct you need you need <laughs> to hire or any kind of yeah yeah you right. have to hire very, yeah. you have to hire an attorney at that point okay. absolutely yeah. and so your
0: fees on the law side are any one of a different couple ways how about on the invoke side of the coin
3: uh generally we are contingency based so we're okay. performance based it's a human nature business you know, for us, we want to go out and get the absolute best result in savings, then it maximizes our fee potential. Sure, right. Competition will limit uh, you know, with fee caps in certain states and so on, which is a little bit more customary. Uh, Wait, s- say that again? So, certain states, um, it's, uh, it's a little bit more customary to have fee caps. Okay. So, it might be 10, 25. And the
0: state puts the cap on? No. Or
3: competition. Competition. The, market.
0: the so, market says, no way, no how, I'm not paying more than this. Correct. For that. That's correct. Interesting. I mean, that's, that's a, a state thing. Texas.
3: Because it is the land of property tax and assessment appeals and the competition there. Uh that's very much a I need to call some friends in Texas, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's a PCAP-driven <laughs> market there. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Just uh, just but yeah, so generally we'll do it that way. Um, and then I've worked with, with James and several predecessors there and, and go back to my days at Ohio University with Kirk, uh, Kirk Berkeley there, at the firm and kid. So we've got a great relationship. Right. So when, in, with certain clients, particularly here, it's a value add when we're working with our clients. So it's one fee, client doesn't pay until we deliver savings, and you get me or my team and James and his team. Okay. So we work together. I talk to James several times a week, you know, depending on what we have going on. And we're, we're essentially, we're talking about our clients' cases to make sure we're covering it from all angles. So you know, I look at it from the perspective uh, that this, these are value-driven arguments. Now, there are always case law you know, arguments to be made there in conjunction at certain times. And that's what, where we work really well together. You know, we've been doing this uh, since I started in Pittsburgh back in 2010. I've been working with uh, with Kirk's firm. Uh, so it's a great working relationship. And the clients know that relationship. We go into it that way.
0: Sure. Um, the the appeal process, I mean, 90% success rate is crazy good, right? Um, is it art or science?
3: Valuation is an art.
0: Yeah. It feels like mm-hmm. an art. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. if, if there's always wins, either you're just really good at not mm-hmm. picking clients or there's a lot of art. Yeah. Which is, and I bring it up not because I think that that's a bad thing. I think that's a great thing. And we're consultants and I mm-hmm. always argue we, we are performing art. We're not performing science. We had a call mm-hmm. this morning where we're asking, we're getting asked for advice and... At some point, it just becomes a gut. Like he, mm-hmm. there's no rule book for what's happening in this project we're working on. Mm-hmm. So at some point, they're they're counting on an instinct or an art is the way I like to yeah describe it. And can you back it up? Yeah, right. Can you back up your argument? You know the uh,
3: the old appraisal firm. That's like,
1: right. in paper. If
3: you got if you got two <laughs> <Yeah>. two appraisers <laughs> within ten percent of each other, they're both right. Yeah. You know, so it's it's it is the, the opinion of one. So we're here to convey this property is not worth what somebody else says it's worth. And if it's the three of so appraisals. you're
0: saying appraisals aren't etched in stone? <laughs> tax, <laughs> come <laughs> on. See how like tax, like tax appeal appraisals. That's
1: blasphemy. <laughs>
0: blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Depends what you're I reason need to have an, an appraiser appraisals. on this show. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, <laughs> what's that MAI stand for? <sighs> Made as instructed. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs>
1: um, I, that's a. Uh, we, and also, when you say it's a 90% success rate, there's also degrees of success. You know, I But if mean, I own as the as property
0: a, and I save a dollar, it's successful. It's, it's successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I save a dollar after having paid these fine gentlemen, oh, no, no, I'm no, the I win. I agree with that. Right? Yeah, yep. I agree.
1: There's no, there is absolutely no downside to doing this. And I agree, you should do it all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's not a piece of property that you have that should not be questioned what someone else is saying. Hey, by the way, you owe me money
3: mm-hmm. and
1: you know it's all always going to go up and you want it fair and you have to pay it, so every argument you make to make to pay the least amount mm-hmm. is, is is better for you. Yeah. For sure. And
3: you know, we run the list. Let's let's keep it sorta of simple, right? Let's look at the assessor record card. Do they yeah. have the right square footage? Do they have the right land? All of that, the right acreage. We're checking that and then we're looking at if it's a you know, a shopping center. Of course, we're going to look at their i e We're going to look at the rent roll. Can we go back now? Uh, our folks in Texas are doing this for the first time this year. As it relates to 2023 appeals that are upcoming, they're rebuilding cap rates. They're going in because of the way that the interest rates increase so much. So if you sure. bought something in, you know, beginning of 22 that now is affecting the roll for 23, that world changed when you got financing lined up a year and a half and ago. if
1: I'm going to use any kind of number, I want it to be a 2020 or a 2021 number because of the impact of COVID onto that property. Maybe the mm-hmm. rent rolls are not quite as high. Right. Yeah. I want to use every piece of armament I have to make my argument. That's
0: right. Yeah. yeah. So we got time for, I think, two more questions. Um, the first one is, so we're in a multi-tenant mm-hmm. office building. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say there's 40 tenants in here. The tenants indirectly pay the property taxes. We have what's called a full service lease with mm-hmm. a base year. So or exposed to real estate taxes increasing, landlord passes that back through to the tenant. Mm-hmm. Um, how many of your clients are the tenant in a building that they don't own?
1: That's hysterical, that was
2: my question. It's right. a good one. I was gonna say, we, we have a lot of tenants, but it's typically a single tenant property. I okay, mean, mm-hmm. we don't so they're
0: totally on the hook for the bill. Correct. Versus yeah. they're partially on the hook for the
2: bill. For the most part, any tenant appeal that I've been involved in has been triple net lease, single tenant property. Okay, you know, right involved in the lease that says the tenant's handling the tax assessment appeal because they're going to be the ones you know handling any increase or you know getting mm-hmm. money from any reduction. And do they
0: need a a portion of their lease to give them that right in order for you to go in front of the appeal process, or no? They need to have appeal rights in the lease. Yeah, so yeah. typically they have appeal rights so like in the lease alert to all clients out there (laughs) it hurts right (laughs) you need that right in your lease because it's not usually there to be right correct and
1: and typically when that clause would be enacted would be it would say that if you don't do it i have a right to
3: right or simply requires landlord approval
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've I done say, that. A lot of them, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely.
3: You know, I I'll go and they're they're no longer around, but we did work for them for the past fifteen, almost twenty years. DCT Industrial, which okay. eventually rolled into Prologis. Okay. Um, and I remember this because I was just getting started in Cleveland, and then you know, that's where most of their Ohio portfolio was in Columbus and so on. Um, they were they did a really good job, and I say that in the context that they were the landlord, they were the asset managers running those properties for triple net leases, mostly. Right. Yeah. They were, they were, they were working with us to go and reduce the taxes in effect proactively for their tenants. Mm-hmm. Without saving them as tenants, keeps them as tenants, which, exactly. yes, which is fantastic. They did a great job, in my opinion, doing that, and it was it, it worked. Our fee got passed through to the tenants pro rata. Right, they got the benefit, and as then they were more inclined to renew. And then the, the base nets, right? Yeah, that they're getting a higher uh, number on the bottom. As a legitimate
1: operating cost, and mm-hmm. in typical tax audits. Uh, that would be in there. It would be baked in the cake that this is a cost that's borne by.
0: Yes. Yep. Tenants. Exactly. Mm-hmm. One of uh, one of the guys in my EO forum, he he is not a Warren Buffett fan because he thinks that Warren Buffett points out like the Captain Obvious stuff, like yes, you should go to the bathroom in a toilet, and yes, you should probably use toilet paper. Like these, like you don't need to go to Harvard to figure this one out. It seems to me that. <laughs> If you own a piece of property, you would be insane not to be appealing your uh, property tax situation.
2: At least looking at it, yeah. You know, I right? say reviewing yeah. it annually is definitely mm-hmm. the thing. I mean, some properties in Allegheny County are are so underassessed that this change is, is going to do nothing for them. Um, I should have
0: said review it. Correct, review. Yeah. It.
2: Just because I we have plenty of clients that you know have called or in the process where. I mean, especially in pockets of the city where just the, you know, the increase in property values has been insane over the last five years where assessments might be 150000 and all the houses are selling for 750000 know? right. yeah. it's, so, it's, it's So so it's, it's tough. But you, you have know, to look at it. It if is, it, yeah.
1: I, 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 I don't know, but now I have somebody else that's telling me I was right. Right. So a second know, set of so eyes. So I'm just putting yeah. a second set of eyes. I'm not going to pay attention to it this year, but now I know what the baseline is and I, I, I can watch it. Yes. Absolutely.
3: Yep, absolutely. It's not worth
1: it today, but it's definitely worth it. Right.
3: Yeah. And you know, one a, a closing comment around Allegheny County in particular and really the state of Pennsylvania with respect to the common level ratio. When they set that at the stab each year, that takes into consideration all property type sales. So multifamily and industrial are way up here. Right. You know, hypothetically well, unless I mean to say the C B D is a different conversation, it's way down here. Right. But because these are the rising tide, they're pulling the, the respective assessed market values. Uh up right. exactly so there are unintended consequences to mass appraisal it is what it is and that's why guys like us you know go out and do what we do
0: which is great yeah so uh we always end with trade secrets uh aka the name of the show so since we're, we have two guests technically i guess we're going to get two trade secrets today but whether it's invoke or you personally like or bernstein berkeley like what are your two takeaways for our guests about your trade secrets for you.
2: Trade secrets as far as our firm in general or about or or the real your estate tax or, assessment appeals. Or real
0: estate tax appeal. Whatever is like, you know, give the audience a peek behind what mm-hmm. is driving either the firm or your success.
2: Um, you know, I, I guess I don't know if it's, it's actually a, yeah, I guess a trade secret, but... Ultimately, um, with the tax assessment appeals, and and since I've kind of switched teams from the school district side to the property owner side, it's been, you know, an insane couple of years in tax assessment appeals, which has really driven the success and reductions we've been able to get, which were kind of, you know, I guess accidental, I don't know about accidental, but just consequences of of what's going on. So um, I've been here for three years. The very first year was COVID hit. So, you know numerous appeals just based on COVID, you know, reductions in income tenancy. And then obviously, the, the second year was kind of just a, a second year of COVID and then office space and tenants leaving. And now the third year, we have this this common level ratio. But I think ultimately, the, the you know, the secret is just, um, you know, every year, there's going to be something big out there that that impacts value for at least a class of properties. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like, we've kind of, you know, centered the whole discussion around, it's just, making sure you have someone that is what they're doing, reviewing annually the property taxes so that, you know, you can, you can find out whether or not, you know, you're paying your fair share or not.
0: I think his trade secret really is going from the public to the private side of the business. That's what <laughs> I heard. I, I heard left school district, entered private business and
1: public defender,
0: <laughs> but not putting words in your mouth. Yeah, been How about no. you, Eric? You know, I
3: think, uh, and this is really specific to a few things that I'm working on personally, but as much as it is with invoke, uh, go bet on yourself, go be an entrepreneur, go go take that opportunity, find it, have a plan, and execute on it And that's what we're doing at invoke. Uh, we uh, our team uh, generally has has worked together for the past fifteen, twenty years. Okay. Uh, we have an opportunity what we're building here, and we've been building our runway for. Uh, from, with an existing organization that's been around for a long time, uh, and we're taking it to the next level. And we have a great cohesive partnership that we're bringing together with this group of guys and gals in our company, uh, taking care of our clients one day at a time, one property at a time. So bet on yourself and go get them.
0: Totem loves that, man. Bet on yourself. Got to yeah. love that.
1: I just got to add one thing. You know, my father always used to tell me, half of being smart is knowing what you're dumb at. And this is a very complicated thing, and it's a lot of money. So you have to have people that play in this arena all the time. You know, when you first started talking about, you know, the nuances of this particular lawsuit, there's a lot of moving parts there, so you really want to go and get experts for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is really why I think the headlines are laughable, how like how vanilla they are compared to what the headlines of things usually look like. Absolutely. All right, so the bourbon. We didn't touch much on it, but we're we're Drinking Breckenridge Bourbon Whiskey, it's a blend straight from the Rocky Mountains. Oh, you like the
1: Rockies? A, I like the
0: Rockies. You uh, I liked it. He does have to van it every single <laughs> yeah, time. No, I do. Is uh, it a yay or a nay? I,
1: I'm gonna give it a yay, but I
0: give, you it give everything a yay. a yay.
1: I give everything
0: <laughs> a yay. <laughs> it's definitely not in the top three no, from my it's perspective. Still a
1: yay. You don't like the Rockies?
0: No, nah. so this is, top a, whiskey three is with a
3: tough a snow tough grade. melt water. Straight out of Breckenridge, right? Yeah. That's commercial. I like it. Like, yeah. like <laughs> it's lovely there. It's a
0: little yeah, commercial. <laughs> Give me a little Angel's Envy. I'll bring it next to my town. We haven't done Angel's Envy <laughs> on the show, I don't oh, think. Oh, that's a good one. It's it really is. definitely not Hirsch or Basil. Yeah. It's just somewhere in oh, the middle. Oh,
1: no, 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 no. It's not. It's not. But it's good. Yeah.
0: That's good, I enjoyed. Gets the job done, I suppose. It's winter in good. Pittsburgh, so I'm Scotch. Hey, we had sunshine today. That's the first right. podcast has had rain every episode up until the day you guys showed up. Mm-hmm. So That's right. Thanks for coming today. Thank you. Yes, thanks this was fantastic. This is great.
1: Appreciate
0: it. Yeah. Really,
1: really insightful.
0: And obviously, if you're out there and you're listening and you want to take advantage of real estate tax appeal and see where some money might be buried, uh, James or Eric or... Great people to reach out to. So thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. That's a wrap. Thanks. Appreciate it.